Welcome back, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. We got some news to break down. Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. Uh, we got some more free agency signings happening. A lot of acquisitions going on. A lot of big time trades being made. We're going to have some big time names in some new locations and big teams. Um, we, we, I, I'm, I'm really excited for the NFL, for the NFL season. And and never in my wildest dreams, I would, uh, I, I, you know, I did not see this coming. Where we are talking all NFL um, in March, in the middle of March, I did not see this coming. I thought we would be talking all NBA, gearing up for the NBA playoffs. But NFL free agency has not let us down. It has not failed. So more news coming out by the hour, by the minute. Um, so we're gonna break down some things. Uh, Cam Newton and his future. We got a lot to get to. I'm going to tell you how I feel about all of these big-time topics and stories in NFL free agency right now. So without further ado, i catch y'all after a quick break. Okay, so we all know about the news, the big-time news. Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to tell you how I feel about the move. But before I tell you how I feel about the move, I'm going to tell you guys on why I didn't find this shocking. I didn't find this surprising. If you are a listener to this podcast, you shouldn't have found this, you shouldn't have found this surprising either. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have found this surprising either. This was a move that was bound to happen. And you know what got my eye, what caught my eye through the, through the time period of the, or the dates of March 16th through March the 18th, yesterday, I, we saw nothing in the league. We saw all the big-time skills position players being either traded or re-signing or franchise tagging or going to new destinations. You know, we had DeAndre Hopkins on the move. That was very surprising. We we had DeAndre Hopkins traded. They, um, Arizona gave up a fourth and second rounder. We had Stephon Diggs. He got traded to Buffalo. We had we had we had a lot of skill positions and wide receiver talent being signed moved away, or going to a new destination, a new team. Amari Cooper got his deal. He got a five-year deal. We, we, like I was, we, we kept on A.J. Green. He got franchise tag. We saw a lot of big-time names move around. Hunter Henry, he was franchise tagged. And the icing on the cake that did it for me, when I knew that Brady was, I knew Brady was going to leave. But the big-time news that gave it to me, that gave me the idea of Brady's not coming back, Brady's not coming back, 
with Stefan with, with Stefan Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs to Buffalo. Once Buffalo made that trade, made that acquisition, I knew Brady was gone because that was the that was New England's shot to. Go after a big time name. At that 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 you know that's a receiver, that's a tight end. That was their that was their chance. That was the chance right there to go after somebody like a Stefan Diggs, a DeAndre Hopkins, an Amari Cooper on a lesser degree, on a lesser scale. I knew that Brady wasn't coming back. I knew that Brady wasn't coming back. And we we documented this on the previous podcast. And throughout the regular season, we we talked about these such things, such as New England not having enough weapons, New England not having enough equity, New England not being young enough. You know they don't they don't have no young emerging stars. You know they haven't. We talked about New England not being not drafting well these last few years. Go back and look at New England's last four drafts. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been impressive at all. It hasn't been good. So and you can and compare it to a team like the Saints, who are in the who are in a similar situation with an older, aging, veteran quarterback, and the Saints have drafted well. They've put all pros around Drew Brees. New England, Bill Belichick has failed to do so out of the draft. They have failed to draft properly and good enough where you can build some type of equity. Around Tom Brady, around the roster. Now there's no succession plan. New England is now stuck. Bill Belichick in New England is now stuck with an old aging roster on offense with no big time playmakers and Jerick Stidham. Now I'm gonna give you the future on what I think New, what New England looks like, but I'm gonna still dissect this Tom Brady matter before I even jump to that. I knew it was over when Brady, when the Patriots did not go after any of these skilled position guys. You had guys like Greg Olson, you know, uh, guys that were on the trading block. I told you guys that um, on, on the, in the beginning of the week, I, I, men- I mentioned that Brandon Cooks, he was on the trading block. DeAndre Hopkins, he was traded. Stephon Diggs, he was traded. So we, we have a list of guys where New England could have gone after somebody. New England could have traded for somebody, even if they didn't sign nobody. They could have traded. But once again, no no equity was built up. No equity was built up on New England. And I knew Brady was gone. I knew Brady was gone. Because did Brady, like, Brady didn't want to leave. Brady didn't want to leave. Brady, if, if, if New England had to represent weapons, you know, the, the qualified weapons around him, if they had the personnel that he re- requested around him, I don't think Brady leaves. If New England gets Stephon Diggs, I don't think Brady leaves. If New England gets, uh, if they get DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think Brady leaves. I think Brady still remains as a Patriot. But Brady was obviously by his choices and by his final decision, he obviously wanted a roster that was already made and built up and he so he could join. In New England, they had the chance to go after a tight end and then go after a receiver. 
They had the chance to do so. If Brady wanted to stay, he would have stayed. I didn't think Brady wanted to leave. If Brady had the if if if, if New England would have got traded and went out and got the, the the pieces that Brady wanted, that Brady requested, I think Brady is still a Patriot, and there's no there's no discussion. There's no discussion. There's no discussion. Look at look at all look at all the AFC teams that got better. Buffalo got better. Baltimore got better. Hell, even Cleveland got better. The Colts got better. New England just stood there. Stood there, stuck. Stuck. They waited out. You know, I'm looking at I'm looking at these guys that Brady had last year. The young guys. The young guys that he had last year. And we saw the frustration from Brady. We saw the frust- we saw the frustration from Brady on the sidelines all throughout last year. And it and it got it gotten bad late last year because def- the defense start the defense of you know the, the, the defense of the Patriots started to, you know, get a little shaky. So it was called upon the offense to make some plays, and they couldn't do so. They couldn't deliver. And these were the same guys that Brady was screaming at, that Brady was yelling at, that Brady was criticizing. And there were so many, from the start of this week, when free agency first started, there were so many guys, that so many skilled position, talented guys that were on the move that New England had a chance to go after and they failed to do so. And they didn't go to, they didn't sign, they didn't sign New England. And look at this. And this, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. When, when Stephon Diggs made, when, well, it wasn't his decision, but when Minnesota traded Stephon Diggs to the Bills, you guys, you guys didn't find it interesting that like several hours later, Brady said, hey, I'm not returning to New England. You guys don't find that like coincidental? You don't think so? You don't think so? Guess what? There's there's stories, there's reports out there that say, that's saying later that night, once after the Stefan Diggs move was made, once Buffalo made that transaction, Brady had came to his decision. Brady had talked to Robert Kraft. He had spoke over it with Robert Kraft and said, hey, um, I'm not coming back. That's, that's eerie, right? That's eerie, right? It's not strange. That's not coincidental. It's not coincidental at all. I, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. He didn't know. He did not know where he was going. And he was was sincerely waiting for New England to make a move. Because when you've been in in a place of 20 years, you don't really want to move. You know the system. You know know, know Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and the program. You know... 
You know the type of, you know the, your favorite coffee spot. You know your favorite restaurants. You know everything you want. You know, and you've been doing this same routine for the last 20 years. It's kind of hard to leave. So I don't think this was planned. I don't think this was planned. I don't think this was planned at all. Because I know it, is, it was probably difficult, difficult for him to leave. Difficult to leave. And this is what he did. He went to Robert Kraft's, Robert Kraft house, knocked on the door. <laughs> Stephon Davis just moved. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And that's what happened with that's what happened with Brady. That's what happened with Brady. He wanted receivers, tight ends, more productive running backs. He wanted that. And New England, like I said, New England failed to do that. Failed to do that. Did that. Also, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick comes out and say, hey, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give credit to Bill, I'm going to give credit to Tom Brady. Now, I have seen, we have seen multiple instances. I don't know if you guys know, but we have seen multiple instances where Belichick has really failed to really uh, give Brady his props. He's give he's failed to give Brady his props, and it's for, I don't know if you guys do I don't know if you guys paid attention, but look 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 at this. I watched the video earlier during the, throughout the regular season. I think Brady played well, and Belichick gave him the game ball, and it was just so difficult. It was so difficult for Bill Belichick to just give and hand Tom Brady the game ball to award him with the game ball. And it was it was very difficult. It was a very weird video to watch because you would think with the two with the two of them and their relationship over the last twenty years, with going to nine Super Bowls, with winning six of those Super Bowls, and then you know playing through so many games, playing through so many situations, you would think that there's like there's a there's a great relationship there. But that exchange of the game ball, go look at that video. It was weird. It was a weird video and a weird exchange. So for Belichick, for a guy that doesn't do, like, he doesn't do the press too much, but he sent out a PR statement, like, you know, giving Brady, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award. He he gave Brady, like, that Lifetime Achievement speech. He he gave him that that Lifetime Achievement. Uh, achievement letter. And, you know, Belichick was so sincere. But why, 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 why is Brady, why is Belichick going out so nice? I think I know why, I think I know why Belichick is going out so nice. When you, when you, when you're in a divorce, I don't know, because I, I, I never been married. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But when you're in a divorce, this is just what I'm thinking. This is just what I'm in. This is just what I'm just thinking. When you're in a divorce, and when you get a divorce, and you know you're not gonna win a divorce, 
wouldn't you go out easy? You wouldn't go out swinging like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, you wouldn't do that, right? Like, you know you're going to lose a divorce. Like, <laughs> you know, this, your part, you know your partner is going to win a divorce. You know, who gets the most money and who has the most assets left. You know your partner's going to get a good majority of that. So if you know your partner's going to win a divorce, you wouldn't go out swinging. You wouldn't go out, yeah, did that one. You wouldn't do that. You, you wouldn't do that. Belichick went out nice. And you, if you know you're going to lose the divorce, you would go out nice, right? You would go out nice. You would go out nice and, you know, caring. And you would be, you'd be very selfless. You'd do all the right things because you know you're going to lose the divorce. And your partner is going to win. And, he's gonna, and your partner is going to come out on the brighter side. I think this is what Bill Belichick is doing right now. Because looking at the situation in New England, New England, like I said, New England last year had the oldest roster in football. Jamie Collins, gone. Cal Van Noyd, gone. Tom Brady, gone. All these guys, all these veterans, all these veterans that's been, in, that's been installed in New England's program in New England's organization for some years now, gone. They're gone. They're gone. And, you know, their defense is going to be, their defense is going to be okay because Belichick is a good defensive coach. But offensively, they're going to be hard to watch. You guys remember when, like, Kobe retired? You guys, you know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. But you guys know, you guys remember when Kobe retired? Oh, my God. The Lakers were so bad that they, they, they were unwatchable. I could not bear watching the Lakers when Kobe was was retired. Or you or you guys know um when when Aaron Rodgers get hurt? When Aaron Rodgers get hurt, the Packers are so unwatchable on offense. The Packers are a bad watch on offense when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. He is such a bad watch. I mean, the Packers are such a bad watch. When like when anytime Aaron Rodgers like the couple the couple times that Aaron Rodgers has broken his collarbone, the Packers offensively are oh, oh my God they're they're god awful they're they're a trash can. That's gonna be New England. Offensively, they have no equity. They have no young op, They have no talent. No young talent. No real young emerging talent. Their O line is uh. Son Michelle is uh. Jerick Stedham I don't know. And then who 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 are their receivers again? Remind me their receivers again? Oh my bad. I don't I don't know. I can't remember them. Muhammad Sanu and Julian Edelman and a bunch of young guys. That 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 that, that that's Jacoby Myers. That I, I I told you guys what Jacoby Myers sound like. Jacoby Myers he sounds like he should be working at a law firm. That's what he. That's what Jacoby Myers. That's what he. That's what his name sounds like. Sound like he's a lawyer. Jacoby Myers. Uh, so, so their offense, New England's going to be unbearable to watch on offense. Jerick Stidham. Who's, who's going to be the quarterback? Jerick Stidham? Who, who's going to be Jerick Stidham or Andy Dalton? God, that, that's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be bad to watch. So Belichick's going out, he's going out nice because he knows, he knows he's going to lose this, this divorce at least for the first two years. 
Belichick know he's going to lose this divorce for the next, for, the, for at least, at least the first two years. Because Brady's down in Tampa Bay. Brady has Bruce Arians, a great offensive mind as a coach. He has Mike Evans, a great number one. He has Chris Godwin. He has, uh, he has great productive, he has good productive backs. Their defense is solid. So Brady's going to a good situation in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay went 7-9 last year. Tampa Bay went, mind you, Tampa Bay went 7-9 last year. You add Tom Brady to the equation, you think you don't think they're going to win more than seven games? You don't think they could possibly go from 7-9 to 10-6 or 7-9 to 9-7? I'm going to tell you why. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think they improve a little later. I'm going to tell you why. But, but get this, get this. Get this. Belichick's going out nice because he knows he's going to lose the divorce. And for, the, for the foreseeable future, he's going to lose the divorce. He has, no, he has nothing around him offensively and, and offensively. And then now he has no equity. He has no equity built within. So I think they tank. I think the Patriots pull a New England. I think the Patriots pull a New England. I, 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 really, I really do think the Patriots are going to pull a New England. They're going to pull the New England. No. Brady's going, to have, Brady's going to put up great numbers. Brady's going to put up good numbers. He has, he has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It's good numbers. He's going to put up some big-time numbers. He's going to put up some big-time numbers. And Belichick knows it. And Belichick is like, oh, I'm going to go out nice. Like, let's, let's, let's even think about this. Let's even think about this. In the league today, with New, you know, just look at New England. In the league today, New England probably has the worst quarterback, tight end, and receiver tandems in football. Like, Jerk Stedham, we don't know who he is. We don't know if he can play or not. Uh, tight end, who's their tight end? I don't even know who their tight end is. I think Belichick, I think Belichick knows he's going, he's going to go out sad. He's going to go out nice because he knows he's going to lose. He's going to lose this divorce for the foreseeable future. But think about it. Who in the league has a wor- who has who in the league has the who in who in the league has a worse combination, worse who who in the league has a better combination than New England, or worse a worser combination at the quarterback position, tight end position, and receiver position? Who who has who? There might be the least New England might be the least talented offense. As far as those positions, that might be the least talented offense. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be hard. That's gonna be a tough. That's gonna be hard. And Brady, and Brady knows it. Belichick knows it. Brady's gonna. Brady. Brady's gonna win the divorce for the next two years. He's definitely gonna win a divorce for the next for the foreseeable future because those weapons that he had in Tampa Bay are nice. I'll be back with I'll be back at the break to break more of this down.
Okay, so you want to hear something funny <laughs> about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to their reputation because I know some people when Tom Brady signed there, they were like, "Oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buccaneers." Okay, but I'm gonna tell you something funny about the Buccaneers. First, I got a little funny story. Not a story, but just a little something to throw in there, just sprinkle in there. So back, in, I think I was in the, the ninth grade, and my English teacher, uh, her dad, her her dad, my English teacher, her dad played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1976. Uh, I think I think he was I, I, well, no no he wasn't on the 76 team, but he was on the 70s team, um, the late 70s team, and he was drafted by the Buccaneers. And uh, I remember her telling me about how I mean, telling me about his experience, his experiences as a black football player uh, with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and them being a newly uh, a new franchise in the NFL. So when when Brady signed the Buccaneers, I thought about I thought about that a little bit and uh, the discussion and just the historical aspect with the Buccaneers. So speaking of the historical aspect of the Buccaneers, I don't know what it is, but I feel like Tampa Bay has uh how do I describe it? Like a bad they get a bad rap. The Buccaneers get a bad rap. And they haven't been like for most for you know, for most of you know, for the most of the time I've been living, um the Buccaneers, they haven't been like awful. But I can remember guys like Josh Freeman uh, Brad Johnson, uh, I know Doug Williams and Steve Spurrier. Uh, I know guy. I know. I know. Look, I know that quarterbacks. I know that quarterbacks that, that that have played for the Buccaneers. But of course, like Doug Doug Williams, he you know Doug Williams is famously known for playing with the Redskins. But if you don't know, Doug Williams did play for the Buccaneers at first. Uh, I mean, he did play for the Buccaneers. But the but he's famously known for playing and winning a Super Bowl with the Redskins, um, and the Buccaneers have just had a they just get a bad rap. I don't I don't cause, because I, I know like I know Tampa. I know, the owners are really good. Um, the owners are not cheap. The owners are smart. The people that they have in the front office are smart and always and usually have been smart for the, for for the for the most part. Their owners and I mean their owner and their their GM and their personnel that they have in the front office has usually been competent and smart. Uh, and they usually have good. And Tampa Bay usually has good defenses. Their defenses are usually really good. It's the offensive. Aspect, and that's what I'm gonna get into. Uh, I got, and I find these stats. I found these numbers, and when I found these numbers, I found these numbers like funny, and, and, and like you can't, you. It's really hard to wrap your arms around this. But I look at like a, I look at a franchise like Detroit. Detroit, um, just a bad ran, poorly ran franchise. Um, all like Detroit, they had. It's not the problem. The Detroit problem is not getting uh, superstars and good players, but all of their good players either leave or want to want to leave, um, or, 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 or get. Or they just retire. Like their Hall of Famers retire early. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, their their Hall of Famers 
retire early. Their best two, their best two players in franchise history retired early. So Detroit, bad franchise. Um, Cincinnati, their front office is uh eerie. I, I, I sometimes I question what they do in the front office. Um, in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's cheap. Cincinnati's very cheap. They don't want. They don't want to go out and spend money. Cincinnati's cheap, and you can't win like that in this league. You've never been able to win like that cheap. You can't win being cheap in this league. Cincinnati has been historically cheap um, and dysfunctional. And then, like, the Browns. The Browns, another, another franchise, bad. They've just been bad, and uh, they've just been bad. A, a lot of coaches, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of GMs. They're a bad franchise. Um Baker Mayfield has had three coaches. This this is now his what his third. This is now his fourth coach. This is his fourth coach in two years. They have had they, you know they've had they've had three coaches. I mean, just a bad, tasteless franchise, the Cleveland Browns. And they've had talent too, but it's dysfunctional. They're not wise. They make they they often make poorly poor decisions. Uh, it's a poorly ran franchise, and then you look at franchises like franchises like the Redskins. I know the Redskins was really good in the eighties and the nine early nineties. I understand that, but since Daniel Snyder has taken over the team, the team has just been a laughing stock. They've been a laughing stock in DC. Trust me, and they have. And, and you know, thank God that they got a passionate fan base, but. It's been a laughing stock, and the Redskins are dysfunctional, and they have no problem spending money, but they spend money immaturely in the wrong places. Just bad. But with Tampa Bay, they usually have good players. Like I said, the front office is smart. They haven't been able to figure out the quarterback thing. These are some numbers that I pulled with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Since 1976, their existence, that was the first year of their existence. And since 1976 to now, they are are dead last in in passer rating in football. With 76, they're last in passer rating. Completion percentage, last at 56%. They have 56, they complete, they're their quarterbacks and all... Out of all of their quarterbacks in franchise history, their completion percentage is 56%, which is last. It's dead last. They have 852 interceptions to 830 touchdowns. Their quarterbacks have thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. That was the problem this year. (laughs) And then... Yeah, I mentioned that they had a great defense, and that's eventually how they won their first Super Bowl. But Brad Johnson was the quarterback of that Super Bowl winning team. Guess what his nickname was? Captain Checkdown. Captain Checkdown. That was Brad Johnson's nickname. Brad Johnson, Brad Johnson, come on, you kidding me? But I don't know what it is about Tampa. They have, they've had great coaches, Tony Dungy, John Gruden, Bruce Arians. They've had good, they, their ownership is really good, and they're not afraid to spend money. And they're smart in the front office, but they haven't figured out the quarterback thing. The quarterback thing, they just haven't been able to figure out. They haven't figured the thing out. 
Last year, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Tom Brady in the last four years have thrown 29 interceptions. Jameis, once again, look at this. Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year. Tom Brady in the last four years have thrown 29 interceptions. So almost in a half of a decade, Jameis Winston has thrown more interceptions than Tom Brady almost in a half a decade. That is absolutely ridiculous. Check this out. I mentioned Tampa Bay went 7-9 last year. Six of their nine losses was by a touchdown or less. And guess what? They had 12 turnovers in those games. Jameis Winston. So, when people say, "How? What, what, what sense does this move make? This move make a lot of sense. This moves, this, these type of moves make a lot of sense for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is going to, he's going to be able to help this franchise. This franchise curse of not having a productive quarterback for an amount of time. Yes, I know Steve Young played for the Buccaneers. Steve Young was there for half an hour. He wasn't there long. Tom Brady will be the answer. He will. He, Tom Brady is not going to let this puppy sink. He's not going to let this puppy drown. Tom Brady is going to have a good year next year. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to win more than seven games. If, everything, if, if, if people are healthy, if players are healthy, if help is not an issue, the Buccaneers will win more than seven games like they did last year. Because stats, their franchise history just shows it. Their franchise history shows it. All like you know how teams say, you know, you know how teams say in the NFL, we're a quarterback away. We're just a quarterback away. Well, literally, that's what Tampa Bay is. Tampa Bay is literally. A quarterback away. Tempe is literally a quarterback away. That's been their problem for the last 40 years. It's the quarterback position. For the last 30, for the last 30 years, that's been Tempe's issue. Gotta find a quarterback. Gotta find a quarterback. And they have the great they and they just landed the greatest quarterback ever in Tom Brady. But that's the problem. These numbers with Tampa Bay and their quarterback issues are so fascinating and funny. Six of their nine losses last year was by a touchdown or less. Jameis went, they had 12 turnovers in those fourth quarters. Brady's not going to turn over the ball in the fourth quarter. Brady's going to make the right decision. Brady's going to put the ball where it needs to be. Brady's going to throw the ball to the correct person. To the correct team. He's not going to have 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter. He, Brady's not going to throw 30 interceptions in one season. Brady's the complete opposite of James Winston. Brady's the complete opposite of the Buccaneers uh, franchise history. Buccaneers are more free-flowing. Uh, they're very... Uh, they, 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 they express that they have... They often have good talent. Like I said, they often have good talent and good players... But um, it's not as uh, not as 
structured as New England. New England is more structured. New England is, uh, you know, do this, do that. You know, more, you know, they, New England don't, they don't get penalties a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay, they often get penalized. Like, Tampa Bay, they have some of the weirdest games. The Buccaneers have some of the weirdest games and some of the weirdest finishes. You know, uh, the, the Giants, they, they, they gave away the game against the Giants last year. There's so many instances where, oh, I remember Kirk Cousins came back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's so many instances where the Buccaneers, just, they just find silly ways to lose games. And that's the complete opposite of New England. So with Brady, you're getting a guy that's smart, that's not going to make big mistakes. Um, he's not as loose as Jameis Winston, but... Tampa Bay, the franchise, is very loose. Uh, New England is tight. Uh, so it's going to be funny. It's going to be weird to see. It's going to be funny to see because Brady with orange on, with uh, with the little pirate flag on the side of his helmet, that's going to be uh, that's going to be funny and weird to watch because we, we're we're just not used to seeing Brady with the pirate flag on the side of his helmet. We're used to seeing. The, the Patriot on the side of his helmet. Uh, so, and there's going to be in that orange and that, I don't know how to describe it, but that orange and that uh, that that dark red and brown colorway, he's going to be in those jerseys, those uniforms. That's going to be funny to watch. That's going to be funny to see. But it's, it's it there. But Tampa Bay, historically, um, and New England, since, you know, New England the last 20 years on the Bill Belichick, are just uh, two different franchises going in th- that has gone in two different directions. Um, it, it, you know, historically, that's what Tampa Bay has been. They've been a laughing stock, but like I said, they've had they often had good coaches. Uh, their front office has been good. They just haven't found the right quarterback. Now they have the right quarterback, um, and it's going to be funny to see. Maybe because you know, with, with Tampa Bay. They lose games in silly fashions and silly ways. Uh, they get, you know, they they jump off they jump off sides when you need a first down or when you you need to stop the the offense from getting a first down. They jump off sides or they have a holding penalty or they have a pass interference call. They lose. That's how, that's typically how the way Tampa Bay loses games. They often let people. They often let teams come back, make big dramatic comebacks on them. Um, and you know, Tampa Bay, you know, in a they're in a feisty division where uh games are not just handed to them. You know, you gotta you gotta go out and win those games. You play Sean Payton and Drew Brees twice a year. Um, you play Atlanta twice a year with Matt Ryan, and then you play Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater twice a year. Uh that's gonna be interesting to see how Carolina fares. But those games, those division games are not going to be games that are just handed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what they are, what they are, is talented. Uh, they have a lot of weapons, unlike New England. Bruce Arians, as a coach, is a great offensive mind. Uh, mind you, Bruce Arians had an aging had a he had an aging and veteran quarterback in Carson Palmer during his time in Arizona, and Carson Palmer had a great year. That was the year Carson Palmer had a great year. Um, and Arizona went to the NFC Championship game and lost to Carolina. That was the same exact year that um, that was that, that was where Bruce Arians was coaching, um, and Carson Palmer had that 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 big time breakout year. Um, so so it's gonna be funny to watch. It's gonna be real funny. It's gonna be real fun to watch. Another thing is 
Brady in New England has always been prepared. They always are prepared, and they're always uh, they 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 they're, they're you know they're that student in class that takes like meticulous notes. That's New England. They take everything into into consideration while preparing and studying for a team. Tampa Bay, it's going to be a little bit difficult because they have a lot of young guys, they have a lot of talented guys, but it's no OTAs because of the coronavirus. There's going to be no OTAs. I I, I would assume the route that we're doing, the, the route that we're going with this uh pan pandemic, you know, this pandemic with the coronavirus, there's there's not going to be no OTAs. So no OTAs, there's going to be no time to study and watch and film and practice and, you know, get ready for those type of situational type things and games. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be real interesting to watch uh, with Tampa Bay and Brady. Uh, and Tampa Bay, I mean, they, 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 they I, I, I see, I'm seeing reports. They, um, they can't get over the fact that they got Brady, that they landed Tom Brady. Um, also, a lot of free agents now are looking at Tampa Bay as a possible and likely destination because Tampa Bay has Tom Brady. So I'll be back at um, I'll be, mm, I'll be back after the break. We're gonna talk about Cam Newton. We're gonna talk about Cam Newton. I know he's a fan favorite, uh, but I hate to break it to the fans because uh, I'm gonna tell you the deep truth the deep truth about Cam Newton. And I I think I, I think he's a great talent, but I'm gonna tell you the deep truth about Cam Newton. Like him, oh, you know, you know, a lot of fans like Cam Newton. He's a very good. He's a guy that you can wrap your arms around easily. He's a uh, very similar to. I think he's. I think he's the NFL version of Russell Westbrook. Uh, both guys dress well. Both guys has great, good personalities or uh, or unique personalities. Let me not yeah, unique personalities. Both guys around their respective leagues have a tendency or. People around them say they have a tendency to uh, to act. Uh, they have they have their ways. So with Cam Newton, let me let me. I gotta be honest. I'm going to be honest with Cam Newton and his career and who he is. Now, Cam Newton, you know, Carolina. I, I, I addressed the point of where Carolina made a PR mistake and a PR blunder. I got I made I, I got on them about that already. But now we we all know the news about Kurt, about Cam Newton um, is going to be now seeking a trade. He's going to be seeking a trade with Carolina. So Carolina's going to try to find a trade partner that uh, that wants Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton is set to make $19 million this year. Um, and obviously with the latest acquisition at the quarterback position that Carolina has made, uh, they are clearly not – clearly Cam Newton is not going to be their starting quarterback. So – and now there's a report that came out today that Cam Newton may might be released from Carolina because Carolina – I can probably figure that Carolina is – Try, it's, it, it, it's, it's having its difficulties trying to find a trade partner uh, that's, that's willing to trade for Cam in that contract. Uh, so, with Cam Newton. Cam Newton, his career record as a quarterback is 68-55. and 55. The last time we saw Cam Newton, he was 0-2. He had a completion percentage of 56%. No touchdowns, one interception. Okay? That was the last time we saw Cam Newton. I'm going to go throughout his career record with Cam Newton. Rookie season went 6-10. Next year he went 7-9. Then 12-4. Then 5-8. 15-1. That was his one great year. 6-8. 11 5 6-8. 0-2. This guy is an average quarterback. He's an average quarterback. He's average. He's throwing 182 touchdowns with 108 interceptions. If any other quarterback had... If Russell Wilson had if, if Russell Wilson had numbers like this, if Russell Wilson had a record like this, we'll be calling Russell Wilson a uh, he, we'll be calling him a, a backup quarterback. We'll be calling him an average quarterback. Cam Newton, we don't call him an average quarterback. We 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 always we always reminisce about this one year he had. This is what I do when I rate quarterbacks. I take away their best year and I take away their worst year. And if you take away Cam Newton's best year, and if you take away Cam Newton's worst year, he's an average quarterback. The guy's an average quarterback. Now, he is a phenomenal athlete. He's a, he's a tip-top athlete. For him to be 6'6", uh, 250-ish, for him to be that big and can move like that and can throw like that, he throws a nice deep ball. He has good arm strength. Accuracy is uh sometimes, but... His mechanics are uh sometimes, but he's a great athlete. But as a quarterback, when it comes to quarterbacking, he's average. And that is the sad truth about Cam Newton. And like I said, I know he's a fan favorite. I know he's a fan favorite. So that's why we don't we that's why fans don't tend to call him out. Um or that's why fans don't talk ill of him. Because he's a fan favorite. But and some media, some, some media people, some many, some people in the media like Cam Newton as well. I don't dislike Cam Newton because I have nothing to dislike about him. But I'm giving you the harsh truth about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is he? Cam Newton is an uber talented athlete. He's a talented athlete, but he has one great year, and he's an average quarterback. He's an above. He, he's a he's a superior talent. He's a superior athlete. He's a great athlete, but he is a average quarterback. He is an average quarterback, and his numbers say so. His performance say so, and his record says so. He's average. He's thirteen games above five hundred. He is an average quarterback. His career completion percentage is below sixty. He's an average quarterback. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why so, some guys get a pass. Because like I said, 
Um, it's guys like Matt, it's guys like Matthew Stafford. Like, when are we just gonna be? When are we just gonna be real and break it to these guys and say you're an average? Once again, Matthew Stafford, he, he he's he's he, he was the number one number one quarterback coming out of high school. He was the number one quarterback coming out of college. He was the number one draft pick. He's had this. He's been the starter in Detroit for nearly ten years. What for ten years? Well, no, he's been the he's been the starter in Detroit for for ten years and has done nothing. Has not won a division yet. Hasn't won a playoff game yet. And it's been a minute since he's gone to the playoffs. It's been a minute since he's gone to the playoffs. And with Cam Newton, okay, he got he had one great year. Okay, I give him that. He had an he had a spectacular MVP type season for one season for one year. What about what about the other eight years? What about the other eight years that he's been a pro? He's been average. He's been average. I take away his best year. I take away his worst year. You take those two years away. What do you get? I I, I see an average quarterback. I see a quarterback that has a completion percentage under sixty. I see I see a quarterback that often gets hurt. I see a quarterback that is most of the time seven and nine. That's average. That is average in this league. And I get it. He's a fan favorite. That's why we don't talk. That's why people don't talk ill about him. But I give you a guy, like I said, Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson had numbers that resemble these numbers, if Russell Wilson had numbers that resemble Cam Newton's, we'll be giving giving Russell Wilson all the hell in the world. We'll be calling him an average quarterback. Some will probably even say, why is he even a starter in the league? But since we like Cam Newton, since uh, Cam Newton has a great personality, um, you know, since he dresses well, since he's a, you know, he he, dan- he he does all the dance moves in the end zone. Since we do, since we, since he does have all of that, and he has all those character traits, we don't talk about him. But that's no reason not to talk about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is an average quarterback that had a great year. And I'm willing to uh I'm willing for anybody to to say say otherwise. I'm willing for anybody to say opposite. Because what proof do you have? What proof do you have? I guess he's a great athlete, but that's the difference. You can be a great athlete and a good quarterback. There's a difference between being a good athlete and a good quarterback. Cam Newton is a good athlete. He's a great athlete. He's a spectacular athlete. But as a quarterback, when it comes to quarterbacking, he's average. And that's what he's that's what he's shown us to be um, in his time as the starter in Carolina. And like I said, hey, I'm willing to have callers. I'm willing to have people come on. I'm willing to people. I'm willing for people to have. I'm, I'm willing for people to come on this platform and challenge me on this on this one. That's why I don't listen to you guys. I don't listen to you guys. I told you guys about Tom Brady where he was gonna go, and all you all all your listeners will say, "Oh, the Raiders, the Dolphins, 
Chargers. I, I mean, I said Chargers too, but I never, I never thought he was going to Oakland. All you listen to about Oakland, 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 the Raiders. He's going to the Raiders. That's why I don't listen to you guys. I don't listen to you guys. I like the feedback, but I don't listen to you guys. And I'm not going to listen to you guys on this topic either. You guys try to tell me that Cam Newton is a he's a top tier quarterback. He's not. Let's let's also not get into the health aspect about Cam Newton. That's that. Let's not tap into that. We're not gonna tap into that. How he has to change his game. In all of Cam Newton's years as a starting quarterback, he's thrown ten interceptions or more in every season, except the last season because he only played two games. Excluding last year, when he only played two games, Cam Newton has thrown 10 interceptions or more in every season of his career. So I challenge anybody that wants to challenge me or don't agree with me on this topic about Cam Newton and how he's an average quarterback. I'm willing to do so. I'm going to do so. But he's an average quarterback. He's an average quarterback that's a great athlete. An average quarterback, he's a great athlete that plays quarterback. That's what he is. He's a great athlete that plays quarterback. But is he a great quarterback? No. And I'm not I'm not surprised that Carolina is fine. I'm not surprised that Carolina is finding it hard for teams to buy into Cam Newton. I, I, I'm not surprised at all that Carolina is, is it, it, it's having a hard time. It's having its difficulties finding any buyers on Cam Newton because everybody knows who he is. This is who he is. Yes, Cam Newton's a great athlete. <clears throat> He's a great athlete, but he's an average quarterback with some with some average mechanic with some average mechanics, and he's no longer young. He's no longer young. He is thirty years of age, and his salary is worth nearly twenty million dollars. And teams are, you know, that's why Carolina has brought out the report that they are willing to release Cam or they are thinking about releasing Cam because they are finding it hard to, to they're, they're, they're finding it hard to take, you know, for any teams to take on Cam. <clears throat> Maybe some teams would take on Cam if it was cheaper, but Cam is set to make $19 million. He is set to make $19 million. So we'll see. We'll see where the chips may fall with Cam Newton's future and what uniform he'll be wearing in 2020. We'll see. But that is my take on Cam Newton. He's an average quarterback, great athlete. So um, also some big news. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of big news. Um, so check this out. Nick Foles was traded to the Chicago Bears. 
What did I tell you guys? What did I tell you guys? I keep telling you, I'm starting to get good at this thing. I'm I'm really just start, I'm really starting to get good at this thing. And that's why I'm not listening to you guys. Because what did I tell you? Mitch Trubisky is not the guy. But you guys already knew that. You you guys already knew that. You guys knew that Mitch Trubisky was not the guy. Nick Foles gets out of Jacksonville. I'm glad for Nick Foles. Because once Nick Foles left Philadelphia and headed to Jacksonville, once again, the Jaguars are one of those franchises that has been historically bad, poorly ran, bad culture, and it contaminates you. Now, let me get this. Let me get this straight with, with Nick Foles. I like Nick Foles. I don't love Nick Foles. Nick Foles, that Super Bowl run, because everybody loves to go back to that Super Bowl run. But that Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, Nick Foles had a great defense. He had an offense that was really hot. He had a team that was hot and rolling off of Carson Wentz. Despite Carson Wentz's injury, the Eagles had home for the advantage throughout the playoffs, which led to them getting all playoff games and receiving some breaks from the man above in the postseason. And then, you know, a couple trick plays, got them a couple scores in the, in the Super Bowl. They beat Belichick. They beat Brady. So Nick Foles heads to Jacksonville, and, you know, everybody's just praising Nick Foles. Nick Foles is this. Nick Foles is that. I was the one that was telling everybody Nick Foles in Jacksonville it's not going to work. I bet you it doesn't work. It doesn't last two years. Lord and behold, look at this. Uh, Nick Foles got hurt early. He, you know, he, he got hurt. He was sidelined for a few. They bring in uh, Gardner Minshew. Then, then Nick Foles comes back, plays so bad, he got benched. And now Nick Foles, this offseason, got traded. He, didn't, he barely lasted a year. Told you guys it was not going to work. Jacksonville's dysfunction. <coughs> Let me also tell you something about Chicago. Chicago, did, everybody knew, everybody in that grandmother knew that Mitch Trubisky was not the guy. But Chicago and Matt Nagy and that front office kept insisting, oh, Mitch Trubisky is the guy. Mitch Trubisky is the guy. Mitch Trubisky is going to be our guy. We're going to ride behind Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky has the potential. No, the hell he does not. Mr. Bisky, now this is a now this is a guy that I Mr. Bisky, I did not like him. I did not like him as a prospect coming out of North Carolina. He on he, he played one season. He had like 12 starts. I was worried of him. And I proved to be right about Mr. Bisky. Mr. Bisky, his what? His three years in Chicago? Yes, he had a big time year the year the previous year the la- the year before last where Chicago got to the you know went to the playoffs won a division you know you know the whole thing and then their kicker missed the field goal yeah that, that you know they had a great year that year Mr. B had a great year that year too you know you know who else had one like great year Robert Griffin III he had a great year <laughs> he had a great year there's so many guys in this league. That have great years. Or one great year. But we know that Mitch Basically was not the guy. But all I wanted for Chicago. I wanted Chicago front office. And I wanted Matt Nagy. 
to to even tell us or to say or to uh, or to pull a move like this to trade for Nick Foles to show us that we are not tripping. Mitch Trubisky is not the guy, and I'm glad that Chicago now realizes Mitch Trubisky is not the guy. That is all I wanted for Chicago um, front office and for Matt Nagy to show me. Either to pull off a move, trade for a quarterback or sign a quarterback, or say, just come out and say, yeah, Mr. Trubisky is, yeah, he, we're, we're going to move on. That is what I was waiting for. Okay, so I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Um, <clears throat> we've been doing a good job. Uh, keep clicking out there. But like I, like, I, like I said, I like him. I think he's probably a cool guy for all I know. But good talent, uh, good talent. I mean, good athlete. He's a, he's a wonderful athlete. But as a quarterback, quarterbacking, he's average. Never had back-to-back winning seasons. And he's inconsistent. He's fairly inconsistent. That's who Cam... That is who Cam Newton been for the last for his entire career. That's who he's been. He's had a he's been he, he's been inconsistent. So let's move on to some good news. Um, some good moves that I like, or a good move that I like uh, a lot from this particular team. And this particular team is nicely ran uh, with some good with some good front office uh, with some good people in the front office. Uh, I like this move by the Eagles trading for Darius Slay. Uh, it's a it's a really critical move for the last few years. Even the even the year where Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, they've had injuries. They've had consistent injuries at the cornerback position, um, and they've really had some good DBs. But they've had injuries at the cornerback position, and they could never get their cornerbacks healthy. I think Darius Slay fixes this issue. Darius Slay is a he's a he's a three I think he's a three time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's a really good play. He's a really good DB. He can he he can really he's a he's a guy that can he's a guy that can lock down one side of the field. They signed him on a three year uh, fifty million dollar deal, thirty million dollars guarantee. Uh, they gave away a third and a fifth round pick. Not bad for. A star corner. That is not bad to give up. That is not bad to give up a third round pick, a fifth round pick for a star corner, an established corner in this league, especially when you're a team that is competing. Because I would look at it, I would look at Philadelphia as a team that is a playoff team that is competing uh, within the NFC with with the against the NFC's best. So I like this move for Philly. I told you guys I like Philly front office. Uh, they make they they usually make the right moves, um, and they make the right moves at the right time because that's also essential too. Making the right moves, you can make the right move, but you got to make it at the right time. When the timing is right, that's when you make the move. Philly Philly does a great job 
at that at making the correct move and the correct call. Uh, so shouts out to Philadelphia. Uh, with so here goes my thing. Here goes here goes the big story. Um, Todd Gurley was cut. Todd Gurley, the Rams released Todd Gurley. This is not surprising to me. A lot of people are like, wow, they, they released Todd Gurley. Todd, Todd Gurley is such a great running back. Yeah, he's good. He's a great talent. Uh, but Todd Gurley can't stay healthy. Um, and the, this has been the story for the last year and a half. Since the Super Bowl, Todd Gurley has had knee problems. He's had knee issues. And the Rams, they try to say, oh, no, Todd Gurley, Todd, he's just fine. You know, we, we're just limiting his carries. Why are you limiting his carries? Because clearly, you are a better team when Todd Gurley touches the ball. Well, that was the problem. Todd Gurley was not touching the ball. So, why, like Sean McVay, you're a great offensive mind. You're a great offensive mind. You're very strategical. You, you know your system. Todd Gurley is a really important part to your system. He's probably the most important part to your offensive system. So why are you not giving him the ball? And, you know, Sean McVay throughout the season last year, he would try to play it off and say, like, yeah, there's no big deal. There's no big issue with Todd Gurley. There's no big issue with Todd. All along, we all, I mean, I kind of figured that Todd Gurley has some knee issues. Todd Gurley has some knee problems. He had troubles. He had consistent troubles Nagging troubles and nagging pains within his knee. I knew that, but you know the Rams were very, uh, you know they 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 didn't try to let that get out. You know Todd Gurley, Todd's okay. You know we just limited his carriage. Want to see Jared Goff? Like no, you're limited his carriage because he can't run the ball uh, 25 times like you want him to. Instead, you're dropping his carries to 10 because you know he has knee problems. He has knee issues. And also, this goes back to the point with the Rams. A couple years ago, when they went all out and they went and got Marcus Peters and Kim Tlaib and Ndamukong Sue, they went out and got all of these guys, Brandon Cooks, or they paid these guys early. I was saying, well, what bank are the Rams using? Because the NFL is a hard cap league. The salary cap is yay big in this league. And I was wondering how... In the world is the Rams signing all of these players? How they how they get all these big time names? And you know they they gave Todd Gurley an early extension. They gave you know they gave Earn Earn Donald that type money. Now that's the only contract contract that I'm not mad with. I'm not mad with the Earn Donald contract. Earn Donald's the best defensive player in football. Period. So I'm not mad at I'm not mad at that contract. Um. Brandon Cooks. I think they overpaid for Brandon Cooks. They already had two soft. They already had two good receivers in Robert Woods and uh, in Cooper Cup. I thought Cooper Cup was a little bit better than Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup is Jared Goff's favorite target. I don't know why the Rams went out and overpaid for Brandon Cooks. Now you know. I I, I told you guys early in the week, the Rams are trying to trade Brandon Cooks. So. It's, you know, all that money that they spent on these big-time names, it's now coming back to bite them. It's now coming back to bite them, and now they're willing to move these cards. They're willing to give up Brandon Cooks for anything, for a bag of chips. They're willing to give up, they're to, they're willing to give up Brandon Cooks for a bag of Lay's because they, they, they know that deal that they pulled with Brandon Cooks, they overpaid a slot receiver. 
they 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 paid Todd Gurley too early. They gave him a $60 million extension. That was not the right move, and it's not surprising that they are now trading or either releasing and waiving these contracts because these are bad, because now these are bad contracts in the books. Two year late, two years later, these are bad contracts in the books, and now the Rams are that now the Rams is it's it's biting it's biting them. They had they had a couple successful years, got to the playoff a couple times, won a few playoff games, got to the Super Bowl, fell short, but now last year had a rough year, injuries on the O line, O line got old, Todd Gurley knees. They they went eight and eight. They were they were eight they were they they were they were eight and eighteen with Todd Gurley. So now you know that's that that's what has happened to the Rams, and that's what the Cowboys are doing right now. Cowboys are playing uh, Mario Cooper hundred million dollars. Zeke they paid Zeke early. They paid their O line. They paid uh, Demarcus Lawrence. The Cowboys have the highest paid running back. The Cowboys had the highest paid DN. They got the, the second highest paid receiver. They that wanted a big time monster deal. That is what's going on. That is that that's the this is the same method that the Rams are using, that the Cowboys want. The Cowboys. They're signing all of these big time notable names, and that is gonna hurt them. Um that, that it, it may it may very well hurt them uh, a couple years down the road as these players get older and uh injuries withstand, you know, injuries come about. That's the game of football. Uh some er, some also some news. Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, was uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, so uh, prayers go out to him. Uh, hopefully he gets well and have a successful successful recovery um, and uh, quarantine. Everybody quarantine. Stay sanitized. Wash your hands. Um, do whatever. Do whatever you have to do to stay clean. Stay out of, you know, practice social distancing. Please, please practice that. Um, but without further ado, I'm gone. I'm out. This has been a great episode. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to another episode of the IKP, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Once again, I'm out. I'm gone. Keep clicking. Spread the word. Spread the message. Spread the message. Two choices. One decision. One decision. I'm gone. You guys could have chose any other platform, but you chose this one, this particular one. So thank you. Shouts out to y'all. I see y'all boys later or girls later. <laughs>